0: Yes, hello, Today it's the WNR 320, it's NXT War Games 2020, and I have the pleasure to be joined by the Mind of
1: Monty. How you doing, man? You alright? I'm doing fine, James. Nice to be here again. What's up?
0: Yeah, well, it's always good to have you back, and of course, when an NXT event is announced, I think, well, this is a chance for us to get together again, and just to see what is going down. Of course, last time out, it was at NXT and Halloween Havoc, and it wasn't a bad event, really, was it?
1: No, it, uh, it actually went well. I, I'm happy to, I was, I was very, very pleased with that show. And I'm just, I can't believe, I have to admit, I was really excited for this card too going into it. Uh, I have to give them props for at least having me in the right mood. Like you want people to be happy leaving shows and you want them to be anticipating your next shows. Uh, I have to give NXT their props there.
0: Yeah, I think without a doubt. And let's talk about general excitement for this event. I mean, with the War Games, so there's been a tradition now as well. But um, what were your thoughts? Like you said, you are happy with the card. What match were you looking forward to the most?
1: Uh, you know, I, I was happy uh, with the card. I think, I am have to be honest with you, uh, I was obviously looking for, uh, I think anyone who loves Matt wrestling should, should be looking for Ciampa. Chomp, uh, I cannot say his name right now for some reason. Champa and Thatcher. Uh, I definitely was looking for that, but... Uh, I have to say, believe it or not, I was actually the, the most hyped to see how the Leon uh, Ruff, Priest, and Gargano triple threat would play out. I, I have to say that I actually was looking forward to that the most, believe it or not. <laughs>
0: well, you know, that's what's interesting because as I'm like looking at the War Games card and I'm thinking, oh, wow, we've got, you know, Loomis in action. And of course, you know, um, we've seen that storyline happening from Havoc. And I'm going, well, at least we're getting a payoff. I'm actually quite excited to see the kind of Cameron Grimes versus Loomis match. You know, as a, and like and the rough stuff going on as well. So it's not been too bad. So let's get started then. And it is Sunday the 6th of December 2020. We get the opening promo. I think William Regal saying War Games is brilliant. I think they could just have that on a continuous loop. I think that is one of the best things that they've done <laughs> since the inception of it. Um, what are your thoughts on the War Games match?
1: Oh, man. You know, I, honestly, I, I don't – I think – I don't know how I feel about them doing it every year. Uh, Cause I, the same, I I, I don't know how, how if I actually liked it when WCW had it going, uh, especially in the way they did it. But I love the way NXT uh, uh, does the match. You know, keeping the numbers low and how it's it. it the match definitely looks like a war at times, but I think uh, I think I think I think a lot of good, a, a lot of the good about the, these type matches were on display. Uh, at War Games, but also it was a little bit of some of the the, the awkwardness that can happen in these matches, uh, you can see. Uh, but uh, I was excited again for the card. They actually, do, uh, for the second time in a row, I will definitely admit they've done a great job building to these uh, War Games matches. I, I think I enjoy the story getting to these War Games matches almost just as much as the chaos that erupts once the match kicks off.
0: Yeah, I think that, and I think what was a cool thing at the start as well was the kind of video was mixed between seeing the fireworks and the cages in the arena, so you kind of got that feeling that it actually meant something as well. And the set for what it is, I think it helps NXT an awful lot as well in these kind of situations. Uh, but of course, the first match of the night was the uh, the women's war games match, as it was. What are your thoughts on the women's division in NXT? There was a lot of talent in this matchup. What are your thoughts? Um, Recent times for the women's division.
1: Well, you know, honestly, I think uh, this is probably, and and this is actually, I don't, I don't. I, it may sound like a diss, but it actually is a compliment. This is the weakest, in my opinion, they, they their division has been in a while, and probably due to, of course, outside circumstances. And, I, and what I mean is, is, uh, I felt like the the divas, uh, not divas, but the the ladies of NXT had has had like a a more fleshed out roster over time uh, by comparison to this roster, even uh, early. And I think, of course, we all know, you know, with Mia Yim and losing uh, Mercedes, so they've lost a lot of bodies. I think they're becoming a little bit top-heavy, but the thing is, the star level and the star potential for those ladies that are still there, you have great, uh, you know, just people that you need uh, in this division, like the Candice LeRae's, and you got stars like Rhea Ripley, and who I think uh, showed out in this match, we will see, is, uh, emerging stars like Raquel and everyone, uh, from what I understand, loves uh, Shotzi Blackheart, so they, I think they're they're very strong, of course the champion, Io Shirai, I think it's a very strong women's division, I just think that maybe they're more top-heavy than years past, like maybe in the past they had a deeper roster, but the stars that they have now, like Tony Storm, Dakota Kai also included, everyone in this match pretty much uh, in my opinion, have started to establish themselves as, you know, vital members. And, you know, most of these people like LeRae and, and Dakota Kai, they have been, you know, strong members of this division for a while now. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think without a doubt, like
0: you said, when you look at it, you've got Tony Storm, Dakota Carl Gonzalez, and Captain Callis. gets against Ray Ripley, Irshai, and Bamoon, and Chelsea Blackheart. Uh, you, like I said there's a, there's a nice nice mix there when you like Dakota Kai she kind of broke out at last year' event attacking Tegan Knox, and she was on the same exactly. team you know you had that kind of hill turn uh, and, and as we see Shotzi came out with a new tank I mean what are your thoughts on the new tank we, we've seen it now it was pretty impressive actually I'll say
1: <laughs> it was impressive I, I was happy with it and with the amount of time that Shosley seems to spend away if you go by the advertisements for a war game, fixing or creating this tank, I think she, uh, you know, actually seemed like she was doing a lot. Even though it didn't look like she was doing that much work, if you look at the ads, the result is definitely impressive. I will get, uh, give it that. I think the visual. And I love their pose. I love the team pose at the That's real, what I was going to say, back. yeah. The, the visual I of them, them on the, the tank. Time. Yeah, that was cool. I love the unity there. I love it. It was it was nice. Uh it was a very nice image. Uh and it set the tone. Uh, it set a nice little uh, you know, tone. Okay, this is it's ready for war. They're on a tank. It's, it's perfect. It fit perfectly, honestly. It really did.
0: Yeah, I think without doubt. I was looking at the team and I was going, all four women here are awesome. So, what happened? Well, Moon and Kai started the match for their respective teams. They're called further intensity in their own rivalry. Kai weathered the storm of Moon first, breaking her face into the mat. Um, has Ember Moon been a success since moving back to NXT or has there not been enough time yet to, to really have a, a proper opinion?
1: Uh, I think a little bit of both. I, I personally love everything she's doing so far. Uh but I do think it's gonna need we'll need time to see where she settles into. What what do they have planned for her? Is she going to primarily put people over? Or is this a serious run at becoming an NXT champion again? So uh I I I'm eager to see what's the, what's coming. But so far, like the new character, the more aggressive style. I think uh I don't know who it was on commentary time. I I, I don't I'm not sure. I think maybe Vic said it, but uh, he mentioned that her new style is a little less, or or was it Belle? But either one, one of them said it, but uh, they mentioned that her style is less flashy and more aggressive now. And I love that approach to the character because, you know, even as the, uh, you know, in her original run, she definitely was aggressive. But I think it was a lot of flash, a lot of, oh, I can't wait to see the eclipse, a lot of, man, she she can do it. She has great moves. And I love the fact that she's now implementing more, you know, character and more uh, aggressiveness also. And maybe also it can protect her, you know, because we all know she had her injury uh, issues also. So maybe change of style will be great. And I really love her energy in this match.
0: Yeah, I think without doubt. She was in a bit of trouble, though. But the arrival of Blackheart, toolbox in hand, brought a two-on-one disadvantage for the Hills. Kai found herself on the shoulders of Moon and then fell flat. On the map from a dropkick for Blackheart. Of course, you know, uh, with having a disadvantage with the faces in charge, is a little bit silly when you think about the match overall, that like it should always be the hills. But I can see why they did it here in this case, you know?
1: Yes, and I think with two uh, War Games matches, I think uh, they wanted to give you a little bit of a different, you know, dynamic uh, in one of them. So one match... Probably the faces needed the advantage to make up for, like, as you will see later on in the night, the other dynamic of the heels of having that advantage and yeah. uh, how it could be played. I think that had more to do with
0: it. Yeah, I think it's right. And then Gonzalez joined the freight next overpowering both baby faces and bowled them over with clotheslines and big boots. A slam to moon gave way to a power-bomb into the cage on Blackheart as Gonzalez wreaked havoc. And with the help of Gonzalez, Kai launched himself from one ring Tell the next, why plant and in a black heart with a double clothesline? That did look cool.
1: Oh, it was very, very nice. Uh, I didn't know what they were doing at first. I was kind of—you always kind of get worried when uh, you know newer uh, things you haven't seen before, uh, especially the beginning of the spot. But once it's executed, man, that was beautiful.
0: Yeah, I think about that. Then we see Ripley entering the match and immediately came face to face with Gonzalez. With being a black immobilizing the hill, Ripley rocked her a pump kick, and a pair of clotheslines, and a ripcord drop kick and it flattened Kai as the Aussie rolled out, and Ripley opened up the toolbox with the Chiefs of mallet and blasted Kai with it. I don't think that mallet was real. I don't know what you think about that, but...
1: <laughs> no, it couldn't be. And honestly, I just want to point out that uh, I don't know what it is with wrestling, but I, no, they, nobody does uh, a mallet or the hammer for Triple H fans out there. Nobody does that justice. That thing... One shot with that thing could end a life, much yes. less a match. So it's hilarious how wrestlers uh, react to getting hit with the hammer. Okay. I always found that hilarious. It was a just hammer, hammer of any sort, by the way.
0: Yeah, and it was just straight to the spine. You're thinking, oh, you're going to get up in a minute. Oh, okay, no, that's fine. Um, anyway, she strapped the hands of Captain <laughs> Cota and forced her right into the cage again. Ripley the Gonzalez teed off on each other, the Titans of the division engaging in a brawl. And then Storm entered the next for Team Candice to retrieve a hand and a kendo sticks. And After working on the turn, she's joined Gonzalez in punishing Ripley with a stick. She whipped Ripley in an exposed turnbuckle, driving the air out of her in the process. Um, I really like Tony Storm, but I prefer her more as a bait. With a heel turn, I think one of the reasons they've done it, like we talk about with the face and heel divide in the women's division, it's a place for her, you know? She would be on the Heels team as opposed to she get a place in the face team, you know?
1: Exactly. I think that's exactly what it is. More, more so that's where they need her at the moment uh, because, honestly, I don't even know what her motivation is so far as, a bad, as now. That's another thing. You know, every heel, in my opinion, especially if you want to be a good one, we need to uh, have a, your motivations aligned. You know, the things that make the best Heels – riveting and great television, you know, just make great television when you understand what the heels want, what are they trying to prove. And I think that's the only kind of issue, I, the main issue I have with Tony Storm as a heel so far. I don't know what she even proved by joining up and what she's gaining from it. You know, I understood when Dakota, for example, a perfect example, you brought up Dakota Kai making her name last war Games. I understood completely. I think everyone understood why Dakota turned. Like the storyline was there and it made sense. This with Tony Storm, I think is just like you said, they needed the uh, the numbers to uh, be even, and uh, she was uh, the 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 choice.
0: Yeah, well, we see all six women in the match, and so they come together for a stereo tower of Doom spot, leaving the competitors laid out on the mat. It was a bit too rehearsed, but it still looked good. Like all the spots in this match that looked maybe you know, even in the men's match later on, a little bit rehearsed. It still put them didn't they, you know.
1: Right, it's was, it was a mixture. I think I think some of the uh, some you know some of the old older school fans, or maybe some people who don't who don't like a little bit of that uh you that that noticeable cooperation. Uh, they probably hated those hated those moments. But I agree. I think the the risk at the end of the spot ended up you know still getting the impact there, mm-hmm. even if you know yeah they they kind of. You know, we're working together. There. Uh, I think it still ended up working.
0: I think about that. And then we see NXT Women's Champion EO Shirai entering the battle, bringing a ladder with uh, Gonzalez-Prentice Shirai from entering, kicking the door back into the genius of the sky. And knock her off her apron. repeatedly. Gonzalez-Prentice Shirai from entering the match, despite in the drop kick that drove a chair into head. EO doing her best RVD impression by holding on to the cage door there as well. I thought it was just so cool. And then we see Larray entering the match but came face-to-face with Shy. Lucky for her, Indy Hartwell attacked from out of nowhere, leaving Shy on the floor. She locked the door to the cage. She shut the key in her shirt, making it difficult for Io to enter the squared circle. Um, We've seen Indy being taken out, coming with a neck brace. The Um, most pointless neck brace I've ever seen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The most pointless (laughs) neck brace ever, right? I mean, oh my goodness. Hilarious. It was. It, it is funny. Like the first thing that just came to my mind. Oh well, she's. She just looks really injured, huh? That's yeah. <laughs> just hilarious. And then she puts the key Doing down. That and... with the neck braces. Well,
0: it's not just the neck braces. I think with the key as well. You know, she's like, oh, "I'm gonna do it there,"
1: and she's forgetting that there's <laughs> there's not proof on it. <laughs> you know, it's Just in case. <laughs> exactly. That, I promise. That's the thing. I was always like, and then another thing. Locking her out. You can't finish the match without her at least entering the <laughs> <Yeah>. ring. <original. laughs> Like, what are you doing? Like, that's not – like, that don't help you guys win the match. Like, what were you, why? Let her in the ring. <laughs> it, it, just, it was hilarious. Like, that's the only – I I definitely – that was definitely a head-scratching moment.
0: <laughs> it was one of those things, like, I was enjoying the match, and then it took me away a little bit. But in the ring, the Hills took a pummeling to Blackheart with a kendo stick shots, a blip round the hair, and poor Shotzi, she did take a load of punishment in this matchup um the ray tried for the pin but referee refused citing the fact that like you said not all eight competitors actually entered the ring you know because you had knocked <laughs> her out yourself anyway
1: exactly. she, I, uh,
0: the, the bit that made me uh, I, I honestly loved it uh on the top of the, the the war games cage with a garbage can and don't get me wrong it's, she dives off and takes out all the women like you should but the bit where she's looking at like the camera and going, look what I'm doing and then puts it over her head but I just started laughing she is crazy and then to dive off the top blind and just be like I hope they catch me
1: how just <laughs> oh
0: is he oh shy you know
1: <laughs> the fact that she pulled it off and I wasn't like as frustrated as I probably should have been with that moment <laughs> It just shows you, like you said, how great she is. Like I agree, all of that, taking all of that into account. But also, you just have to understand when you when you do something, I really the, immediately I was so taken aback. Like why, why cover up? Why put? Why go in the trash can and then do the jump? How does that make this jump any more painful <laughs> or so any? Like I don't even understand the logic behind that one. And then two, I definitely wanted her. I wanted everyone to move and just let her take a bump just because <laughs> she did the trash can. Just but because you want the blind jump. Like just... <laughs>
0: She lands like straight as just like a javelin down into the mat. Um, no, but even her look on her face of like, look what I'm doing, you're like, You are crazy here. Do you know that? <laughs> it is it is might be the greatest thing I have ever seen in the next thing Eo just keeps topping herself every every event we watch with
1: her, you know? Like, she breaks the cool meter. Like, if it's a cool meter that exists, like, she just shatters it, like, every show. We need every, to come up,
0: yeah, we need to come up with new words. Soon it would just be like, look how EO that is, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: Um, well, the babyface came together to unleash Hell in The opposition punished them one-on-one, en route to a by Shai to Gonzalez, but Lorraine Crow broke it up. And sure and about would continue. Uh, it's really what stuff. And then Blackheart and Moontrap Storm in a double submission, but LeRae broke it up. Blackheart loads on the heels with a kendo stick, getting some payback until the chair shot from Kai, holding momentum. Filled up with big kick to shy. followed the top rope double stomp into the trash can, driving to the body of the women's champion. I was saying when she hit the um, double foot stomp on the trash can, why didn't she just go straight for the cover? Why did she try to pull the trash can
1: off? You know? Yeah, she should have just kept her in there. Uh, Shirai, I, I, like she looked stuck in there anyway. <laughs> like, oh, would have been the perfect time to you know just go for the pin, but I think uh, it's a little bit also a little panic because maybe she was actually stuck. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, she only got herself to blame, really, didn't she? You know, but um, but this is the thing maybe it showed a bit of Kai's uh inexperience, but and then we see uh, Moon delivering an eclipse onto two, two chairs. I love the Ooh, eclipse.
1: Wee! What what a man. man! That was so beautiful. Like... I, I absolutely i i just i don't understand. And then by the way, she took that like she's right on the ass, like <laughs> right on it, like just it was it was impactful. I have to say, she took a seat. <laughs> Honestly, I was just like, that is so. Cool. That's
0: the it, the eclipse is such a an exciting finisher. But, it, you know, when wrestling can make you kind of feel like a child again, when I see that move, especially on the chairs, I'm like, oh, my God, did you just see that? <laughs> like, That is incredible. Uh, and then th- that's coming set after EO's just put a trash can overhead and jumped off the top of a cage, you know.
1: Like, <laughs> and people ask you it's why you like moments, wrestling. Man, like, exactly, exactly. It's these moments. Like, if you wonder why... We, why you spend so much time like enjoying wrestling, and looking at matches? That's why. Those little insane moments where you're just like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, we see the eclipse and then a Storm broke it up with a trash can. Tony delivers Storm Zero to Moon. Uh, onto the car up. The Ray wiped out Ripley, but it was knocked off a ladder. Blackheart delivered the Sentinel off a ladder, but came back first into the chair, positioned expertly by the Ray. Both women took it there. Then we see Shy deliver the moonsault onto Kai, but Storm speed ripped Lee into the champion, breaking up the pin. Shai tried to deliver head scissors onto Gonzalez between the rings, but the unstoppable force power bombed her for a ladder and scored what would be a shock victory. Uh, what are your thoughts on the closing sequence of the match as a whole as well?
1: Well, I have to, I have to say, before the, fit, the actual finish uh, between Raquel and EO, I, I definitely wrote down that it was a couple bumps in, th- towards, in this final or like towards the end sequence that where I was just like, I don't know who, ha- who got the worst end of that like bump. Like, they, like that's how hard the ladies were going. So I have to commend all the ladies for uh, just like, man, they really put on a good match. They tried their best to uh, set a tone for what's to come. And I think they really, I think they accomplished that. But I, I really have to say I was so, not only was I shocked by that result, I was, ex- I'm so excited! Like, do you, like what it could possibly mean for Raquel's future? What it could possibly mean for her and Dr. Dakota Kai's dynamic? A future program with El Shirai may be impending. I, I'm excited, and the fact that they won War Games the way they did, and I think I don't know if you noticed, but I noticed it. This match was kind of like Rhea Ripley's uh, the match last year that kind of showcased Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. match showcased. Raquel uh, Gonzalez in a similar fashion, and I think she looked like, uh, 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 like I said, a big star that could be running the NXT Women's Division, uh, you know, for the for time to come. Who knows? I think they have big plans for her, and she, she looked really impressive, and beating Io Shirai, especially uh, with her being the champion, it means a lot, and I like that.
0: I think without a doubt, like you said. When I it's- gave
1: four, four and a half cards, by the way.
0: You gave so four the, and a the half. The
1: only thing I have to take off, yes, four and a half, because uh, I have to take off some points for some of those slow moments. I honestly could take off more maybe, but I, I, I have to give them props for not only keeping me invested, but just, like you said, putting on an insane match. I think that's the one thing, and I'll mention it later on, uh, with the fucking other War Games match. That's one thing about these matches. They have to give you that, you know, that that feel of war, like or just insanity. And this match definitely achieved it.
0: Yeah, I think without doubt, like you said, it, what a match. I mean, every woman put their body on the line. And, and when you talk about Ripley as well, like Ripley kind of took a back seat, I feel, in this matchup. And we had some interesting moments where it looked like Storm was going to get victory if it wasn't broken up. So maybe she was kind of, you know, especially Storm Zero is protected a little bit. And of course the bigger pitch exactly. as well with Gonzalez. And in fact, the faces didn't really need the victory, did they, in the end?
1: Oh, no, I think uh having having someone like having Eo on your side, first of all, you already have the champion advantage. So, you know, you don't necessarily the champion, especially with EO's reign, since she's defended it uh uh you know handedly now, uh you don't necess- she don't she doesn't. they don't really gain as much as a Raquel or Dakota Kai or Tony Storm, any of the heels could win this match and they gained much more than any of the faces in my uh, opinion. So, yeah, I think uh, the, the baby faces did not – I think the heels needed this much more
0: than yeah, the babies. I think without a doubt. And uh, like you said, you gave it a four and a half out of five. I'm going to get a four and three quarters out of five because I think the only thing that I thought was missing in this matchup would have been stakes, you know, a reason. If, like you said, the the winner of this or the the winning team would have got title shots against EO or if there was a kind of reason for doing this, I think about five. And I think as well with women's wrestling, it's come on so many leaps and bounds. And when you think, you know, especially when I was a a young boy, like we'd bra and panties match and stuff like this. And, you know, these eight women are delivering a war games match, which is as good as... You know any men's war games matches that we've seen in history? I think it's got to be credit to that as well. You know,
1: I agree hundred percent. I mean, uh, I, I I can just take you the funniest thing. I was you can go back ten years ago, and not 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 the twenty or the twenty because you go back twenty twenty five. You you won't even want to, might not even want to discuss women's <laughs> wrestling for twenty five years ago in any detail. But 10 years ago, just 10 years ago, they came just like so far. It's it's amazing to see how far the uh, women's wrestling has come and have come. And I think every year we're only going to get better and better and better. And who knows, man? We've already uh, had female main events of not only takeovers, but WrestleMania. It it can only get, you know, better from here, in my opinion. And I think people like Raquel Gonzalez, uh, going back to my point, can be one of the leaders of that, her Bianca Belair, you know, it's a lot of Rhea Ripley also, and of course, Io Shirai, so uh, I love what, especially what NXT is doing with women's wrestling.
0: Yeah, it's just a pleasure to watch, uh, we both went against each other in competitions, and we both went uh, team Shotzi in this one, so it's, it's 0-0 to start, the poll wise, 62% went for team Shotzi. So they got it wrong as well. Uh, we see Finn Bal- Balor cutting a pre tape promo saying the time for team sports is over and all eyes will return to him and the NXT championship on uh, Wednesday. Of course, Balor's been able unable to defend the title due to uh, a broken jaw against Kyler O'Reilly. A uh, bit of a silly question, but are you excited to see
1: the NXT title maybe being online sooner rather than later? Oh uh, Yes, I'm definitely excited, but I have to say uh, another type, another ad, if you would say, I guess it's kind of like an advertisement for Wednesday. Another ad for NXT in the future later on in the night made me even more excited for what may be coming towards uh, Finn Balor. And uh, so... Uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited
0: to see what's next for the NXT. I think without a doubt. We'll move on to our second match. And in what promised to be one of the most physical matches of the night, Tommaso Chumpa battled Timothy Thatcher, of course the Blackheart of NXT sought revenge for an assault that left him unconscious just days earlier. A um, couple of questions. Should Chumpa be on the main roster now? It feels like we ask this every NXT kind of show that I do. Uh, should Chumper be on the main roster or has he got a place in
1: NXT? Uh I think he definitely can be. He should be. Uh he it's probably he probably can make some magic with a lot of guys up there. Uh but again, I do believe his place is in NXT. Uh him and Johnny Gargano, in my opinion, are in the same boat. I think they can be in NXT as long as they want to, even though the list of things to do for them is getting low, uh is getting it's getting low. Like we'll talk about it later with good Johnny, but As far as Chomper goes, like, what else hasn't he done? But uh, I I think he has a good place in NXT because I do think it is, you know, maybe it's a couple other programs or things that he can do uh, that can be very helpful. But, yes, he definitely can be on the main roster, and he has been deserving it for many, many years. But – I think he has a, a nice place uh, in NXT. It's kind of like their, you know, their boogeyman, the guy that you have to prove mm. uh, that you can get past. And I think that's what this match was for Tim Thatcher.
0: Yeah, the, the measuring six, so to speak. And, and I suppose about the main roster exactly. and, and the treatment of NXT, I guess it's better to be wrestling on NXT take- takeover than it is on WWE main event, if you know what I mean. So... Maybe that's the thing, but with Thatcher, uh, I've been really impressed with uh, Timmy Thatcher. I love his style, you know, going for the cravats and the kind of wrestling and the match with Matt Riddle. I thought was was awesome early on in the year. Uh, but can he be a main event player, or is he? You know, where do you see Thatcher in NXT?
1: In NXT, I believe he can. Uh, I definitely can see like North American title of, you know, I can definitely see a run. Uh, maybe maybe a heel run as NXT champion, but I don't think. I think he's one of those guys. who do not not necessarily have to win the NXT championship. Uh, As far as main event guys, I think he has the in-ring work, but do they like him character? I think his character can can work well. I think him being an overly aggressive heel champion, you know, uh, you know, who kind of, you know, injures people and stuff like that. I think that could work for him, Uh, but – Uh, Do management And will like Maybe if he ever Was to go to the main roster Would Vince ever see it I doubt it As far as the main roster goes But Triple H uh, He has a good track record Of uh, letting Your in-ring work So far Get you in uh, Places So I think maybe uh, You can see him In an NXT championship uh, You know Program But I don't know about Being the guy Yeah It's just saying That's I like
0: Someone different And you think He's got such a Kind of I don't know if it's a throwback look or style. And I think Chumper's got a little bit of that as well. And his entrance, of course, his his gear looks really good. But it was going to be an interesting matchup. And let's find out what happened. Well, Chumper controlled early, but Thatcher quickly turned the match into a ground and pound display of joint manipulation and physical punishment. He targeted the throat of Chumper, which is where the doctors entered while operating on his neck. So even like that little Thatcher um, looked on his opponent so much I didn't go through x-rays and finding what spot to target on the neck you know that kind of character
1: yes i love this it's just like uh his attention to detail and uh his ruthlessness because we all know the history i love the the implementation of the story we know the fans uh and uh everyone who watching knows the history of chompa and his neck injury so the fact that thatcher applied that in this match show that he also know and he i just love how methodical he came off in this match he really uh did did what did that very well
0: yeah and then chumper attempted to mount a comeback but thatcher caught him with a slap to the sides of the throat the competitors threw hard fights and left at each other moments later but collision the heads left both reeling former NC chump finally strung together a flurry of offense running the ropes with a clothesline uh, credit to Thatcher for getting up Because Chumper must have ran that ropes You know what I mean so Seven or eight times And Thatcher each time something's going, I'm going to have to pick myself back up now I'm back am <laughs> um, back Anyway was Chumper... <laughs> It
1: was, wasn't it? <laughs> the cardio, man The cardio <laughs> I got tired watching it <laughs> Anyway Definitely. I'm winded in my chair at home <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, Chumper took Thatcher off the top rope With a superplex The fight spilled to the floor And then back to the ring the shot that broke Thatcher's ear open was wicked. And I think some of the strikes that we saw uh, were sickening as well. Chumper applied a tight headlock. Look at this, that the thatcher. You see just blood pouring from the, eel, uh, from the ear. Sorry, but the mat magician refused to quit. And the blood, I know. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't a huge fan of like, loads of blood back in the day. But for me, it added legitimacy. And especially when these two guys are hitting each other as hard as they can. And you see blood. That's what happens in real life, you know.
1: Exactly, I loved it. it it really added a nice touch to the story and the type of match that they were already having it was just it was perfect I and it it looked uh you know of course it was the hard way and anytime you can get uh color you know in wrestling the hard way, like you said, it just adds their legitimacy it just it looks exactly like the the story that they were trying to tell and they looked both men looked like they had been through a war by the end of this and uh this was the only, that was the only part of it.
0: As <laughs> well, what I said, and you know, um he managed to get up hit a size suplex and a German and then he had this really kind of sadistic look across his face. In fact, you sees he's a German suplex of the apron and he even said to Chumper like this is the the end now, but Chumper managed to uh file it off and as fact charged in the ring he hit him with a draping DDT. Um and you know, like I said with the Willow's bell for, for the victory. Um th- the whole match was just so enjoyable. You know, uh, Chumper getting a victory. And, and these times you're going, oh, the, the the newer guy should have won. But at this point, I'm thinking the
1: right result, you know? Yes, and I do. I believe in that even though I think if Thatcher wins, yes, he would have gained anything. But I think he gained a lot uh, just by showing how tough he is, man, in this match. he He kept coming, like you said, and, like, the fact that he was able to damage someone like Chompa the way he was, because, you know, we know Chompa is very aggra- aggressive. And the fact that he kind of matched that aggressiveness said a lot for what Thatcher can do in the ring. And I, so I think win or lose, he definitely still gained. And, man, I just wrote down in big letters, this match was snug. They were like, you can just hear the shots through the, through the uh, you know, screen. Uh, and it was just I, – I, I also loved the moment they had after the match. kind of like staring at each other, not really, you know, embracing or anything, but it was kind of like, you know, maybe it's a mutual respect thing, you know, here. And who knows what's coming? Maybe a a deeper program or even a team. You know, I I, I wouldn't mind it. They would definitely be tough to stop as a team. I know that much. But uh, either way it goes, they killed it. And I just – I love the physicality. Thatcher has been great with it. Anytime they've given him a chance to showcase – what he does is just—it's physical every time. He—he he really does benefits from kind of like, and I like—I like the Kenan to Japanese strong style, but it's just like that—that that just aggressiveness that makes you seem like, okay, that's just trying to hurt this guy. Uh, and and I really liked it. I just love that that, and I think that's what Champa brings to his character constantly. Also, that's why it worked so well when they just you know collided here.
0: I think without that, doubt, and there's so many points there as well. It's like, Thatcher, I've not seen him have a bad match or, on NXT, especially when, you know, the game gets tough. Uh, and what we've seen of him, he's really, really impressed. He deserves a good 2021. This match shouldn't have been that good. It shouldn't have been this good. But with the, the and, and each wrestler putting everything into it again, it delivered. Uh,
1: what are you going to give that out of five? I, I hit mute instead of unmute. <laughs> I hit, uh, I gave it a Okay, not not five. I was at about a four point five. Yeah, I rounded back down to four point five. I wanted to give it a, a perfect match. I honestly could watch. Uh, I honestly could watch them go forever. So like, this is definitely a candidate for my best match of the night. But I I didn't want to give it over the women's match because it was certain things that happened in the women's match the way I'm just like I was still like hype over. So it was just like I couldn't say it was better than the women's match. So that's probably the only reason why I won't give it five stars. That's how good this matchup is. I I want to see more. I want to see them to do that. I want them to do that over and over. The next three takeovers, Stature and Chopper can just work together.
0: But this is the thing. Like I said, it is like all the subtle little things. Like I said, with a respect to uh, continue it. If it was for the NXT Championship, there's no doubt, you know, it would be a, a five out of exactly. five match. And imagine a, a fatal four way with you know Champa, Thatcher, uh, O'Reilly, and Balor. What they could do, you know, it just it, it's options, Ooh. that they're bringing to NXT. You know,
1: I agree a hundred percent. Like that would be like yes, I think all of these guys deserve to be in the main event picture, and I think uh, you know Champa, obviously he's proven, and I think this is another showcase that's showing okay, let me let's bring Thatcher up to my level, and I, and I, and let's see what he can do, and I think Thatcher proved that he. He can hang, he definitely can hang.
0: Yeah, I think without a doubt. Uh, prediction wise, we both went Champa in that one, so we got our first point. So the night it's won all. Poll wise, Champa got 73%. Uh, we move on to match three. And uh, well, how we got here? Well, Dexter Luma spent an entire month haunting, stalking, and terrorising Cameron Grimes. Grimes spent the same time covering and avoiding his foe. He would not have the opportunity in the third match to take over. Uh, as he met Loomis in a strap match uh we really enjoyed the match at havoc uh
1: but has this feud gone on too long uh, i'm trying to remember uh, it was something they did uh that wasn't it didn't have anything to do with the havoc match but it was something they were uh, i'm trying to remember there was another stipulation they just threw in between and I was just like okay all right they're they're running out a little bit of things to do with these guys <laughs> we had a blindfold uh, and i match. forgot what the blindfold, that's yeah. exactly what it was. It was a blindfold yeah. match when I realized, okay, all right, what what is going on here? What are you doing? But uh, I think hopefully this is the end. And I think that's the one thing i say. I say it should end here. I think they've done all that they can do. Uh, you know, once you get to the strap match level, there's usually a feud in there, at least from my, uh, you know, at least from my. A wrestling historian mind i guess i remember it always is usually ending feuds but anyway uh it was uh this feud definitely started off like you said very very entertaining but it definitely in my opinion i could see that they were just reaching like okay this is a little bit like you know yeah he's scared uh, afraid of uh, lumens but where are they going like what's the next level yeah. of this story and they never really got there for me uh but i think this match was. Uh, a perfect finale and it was it had this is another match in my opinion that had no business to be as good as it ended up being
0: but this is exactly what I'm saying and I don't know if it's part of the the story or because Grimes has grown on me uh, a lot recently because he's trying his best to sell this story I think with Loomis, I think people are saying oh can he put in a uh, you know is he that good of a performer I think the character works so well you could be on Raw or Smackdown now and actually work out But obviously could it's NXT you need to kind of be known to put in you know, great matches as well. Like I said, with this match, I was excited for And what happened. Well, we get Grimes wanting to use his own strap and got the jump early, attacking Loomis full of bell and beating him around ringside area. But back inside, though, he got overwhelmed by the furious strength of Loomis and the bell rang and the uh, competitor unleashed on Grimes, sending him crashing into the guardrail multiple times. Um, one thing I was thinking, if they had fans here, would Loomis be getting booed? Where, where do you think the character's is at at this moment in time?
1: You know, it's funny. I honestly think, uh, in some kind of weird way, he's definitely. Uh, I think he. I think he would get cheered. Believe it or not, I think Cameron Grimes is so good at turning. Even if you would feel sympathetic for him, he's so like self. Like he's just like so in self. Uh, I don't know how to self absorbed that he just. He talked his way into being like, okay, he's an idiot. I love him. I'm laughing at him. But, yeah, I understand why Dexter is chasing him. Like, believe it or not, he shouldn't be because everything about him just screams serial killer. Everything that, say, heel, you know, Loomis has it. But I think Cameron Grimes also has it, and I think that's what makes Loomis the face in this situation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we see
0: uh, Grimes – uh, finally getting back into it, selling Loomis in the same guardrail, dropping him back first across it. Loomis recovered only for Grimes to use the strap to flip him over the guardrail onto the floor. Uh, I was calling some of the spots at certain points of the match, but I think it was a cool move when he kind of just moves out the camera shot uh, with the, the backdrop and then pops straight back up again, kind of looking over. I think the visuals for his character is working well, you know?
1: Yes, they do a really good job of setting up the uh, kind of like you know, I, I always akin it to like slash and or to a horror movie. They they do a really good job of setting up those little uh, spots that you know just kind of makes you be like, oh my goodness, where he come from, or oh wow, you know. I, I still I like that. You know, it's some like you said. As far as the character goes with Loomis, they could take that as far like you said, straight to the main roster. It can be a serious or like it can be really, really serious or you can make him some. But like I said, in a creepy way, he's the baby thing. And I think that's the dynamic. I love that part of it. But like you said, but I also love how in this match, even though he's not, he don't have like the flashiest of moves. He definitely uh, is good enough in the ring also.
0: I think we saw it in this one, you know, like we said, uh, Grimes took the belt bag and turned it to a blindfold, not a one he wore in his most recent match with Loomis. It benefited him until Loomis delivered a spine buster. He tied Grimes up and the still rigging structure, but Grimes again utilised the strap to his advantage, pulling Loomis into it. Um, I don't know what annoyed me. The strap was probably the most twisted strap in, in 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 history of strap matches. I don't know if you noticed it. I don't know if it's I've got like OCD or, or something like this, but obviously it was so. And I was thinking they should have took a moment to unwind it, and it would have been easier movement as well. But again, I think it's more says more about me than it does about what was actually going on in the ring. You know,
1: I agree. Uh, I honestly I noticed it, but I honestly just was like, okay, well, it was it was like one of those little annoyances that you just that you notice like it's, it's annoying, but ah, okay, I, I can ignore it for now, but yes, it definitely kept, you know, tangling in a way that I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I ever noticed that either. this is, I have to I give you props. You're very detail-oriented for that because I don't know if anybody else notices the strap in the strap match either. <laughs> well, the figure's
0: that noise, annoys me, you know when like, they lift the apron and get something underneath the ring and then don't put the apron back down?
1: Sometimes
0: that can... <laughs> I want the referee to go over. just Put it back in position. Come on now. You've got a job to do. I understand completely. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, we see Grimes blasting Loomis with a steel chair across the back, doing more damage to Loomis than we've seen anyone else do to this point. But Dexter managed to recover and send Grimes flying with a full-away slam, kipping up and firing off a flurry of right hands. Again, Grimes used a strap to pull Loomis to the mat. Around the weld is a great-looking move from Grimes. It's kind of one of those moves you're thinking, what's he doing there? And then all of a sudden, he just wraps his whole body around. Uh, and manages to land on the canvas with that. McRams um, counted silence twice, only to be driven a steel chair via the strap when Loomis hog-tied him. I actually quite liked the closing sequence. He tied him up, hit his head in the chair, and then Loomis applied silence and added a strap around the face for the victory. What are your thoughts on that matchup?
1: Man, I, I have to say I gave it four stars. I uh, uh, enjoyed the match. Like I said, I, don't, I, didn't, I really had lower expectations for this match. And uh, so, believe it or not, I just really thought – honestly, personally, I'm trying to think per, uh, to a strap, man. And then another thing, I actually was kind of not ticked off, but kind of annoyed because I don't know if I, – I, maybe I'm tripping, but Dexter was in a strap match, like, earlier this year, right? Yeah, uh, but, like, I, like, I could Strong. I like that. That.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes, with Roger Strong. So, that's – I kind of was kind of aggravated when I, you know, saw the, the stipulation because I was like, okay, so this is just the only type of, you know, stipulation match you guys want to do with Dexter, you know, uh, but uh, they, these guys went out there and they they definitely brought a hardcore intensity to this match that I just kind of fell in love with. I just couldn't stop watching how this, how, how was, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a microcosm of their entire story together because Cameron was kind to get away, but also, and also kind of survive, trying to survive. And I think that is also what he was doing throughout the story too, in di- like in the horror movie thing and in the blindfold match, he was just trying to figure out a way to survive and he tried all the tricks he could, but inevitably he, you know, he submitted and failed to the better man in this situation. So uh, I, I love the story of the match. I enjoyed it. And uh, I-, I actually thought I wasn't going to enjoy it. So I gave the guys four stars for, for that. And like you said, Cameron Grimes, Real, especially since Loomis is not really a character who's going to talk much or have any emotion the fact that can't, you rely so much on the other guy kind of selling how afraid they are of you and Cameron Grimes did that in every way possible and I, I really enjoyed that about this uh, their dynamic together do
0: you know I, I was watching this match and obviously I was thinking about you know what am I going to score and I thought do you know what maybe I'm going a little bit crazy here because I, I I gave it a 4 out of 5, and I'm so pleased that you've given it a 4 out of 5 as well, because I'm not the only one. Like I said, I was really everything you've just said, I completely agree with. I, the feud needs a blow off. I was really invested in this, and it delivered everything that I needed. And I couldn't believe I was going 4, and I was like, oh, I bet people have hated this match.
1: But I really, really enjoyed <laughs> it. I really enjoyed it. I, I, I agree. I literally went into it expecting, or and then, then I also went into, like, because sometimes I go on social media, especially after the takeovers, and I like to look and see what people w- have been thinking, and I was expecting more people to, uh, to probably not like the match, and as far as I see, I saw a lot of people who shared my opinion, even though it was, it was a couple people maybe thought it was a little slow, or maybe in places, but I loved the match, and uh I'm trying to think because I don't think I really like strap matches through like throughout history. I, I know I like Eddie Guerrero and JBLs, but that was like so bloody, and that's like yeah. a long time ago now. Sorry for sounding old, <laughs> but, <laughs> Uh yeah, I don't know. But this is, I really enjoyed this strap match, and I had I, I didn't think I was gonna have a reason to, but I had plenty of them once the match got going.
0: That's what at this moment in time with TakeOver as well, it is hitting everything that I need. You know, like I so said, we had the opening match, which was fantastic. The, the hard-hitting affair. And in this one, from a kind of storyline perspective, it was really kicking off. Uh, prediction-wise, we both went Loomis. So we're both 2 all at the moment. Poll-wise, Loomis got 69%. And then, carrying Cross's present was felt with a Vignette showing a vulture perch waiting to strike. Tick, get you excited about this. What do you see? You see Karen Cross coming back, and what do you see him doing?
1: I'm very excited, and I think they will be doing him a very – they will be doing him a disservice if he does not immediately challenges or, you know, attempt to challenge Finn Balor. Uh, I think – I I don't think he should have any focus doing anything back other than – doing anything else other than getting his title back. Uh, I think, you know, the – at rough fashion that his titles uh, reign ended uh, plays a factor in why and also I think the way Finn Balor's fame – I, mean, I can I can't talk today reign the way his reigns going uh, the way his reign has been going with the injury and how he's been taken away from television and you know he's he's now he's returning and it looks like Cross is back I think it's the perfect time to put those two together and I think Cross would have an argument of like how can you say you can challenge the I mean Hold the championship better than me when you, you know, had to give it up all, or basically had to give it up. Also, you know, you didn't have to give up the belt. You know, you weren't, you haven't been here to defend the belt either. So, I think it'll be a perfect time to just jump into the uh, the Cross and Balor uh, feud, and maybe at some point down the line we get a Demon Balor versus a. Uh, you know, carry on cross for the title. Who well, knows? that's what I saying I'm going way down the line.
0: No, but I agree. But this is the thing uh, in my head, I'm going, for, you know, he's had one successful title defense. He can't really lose at the moment. And then cross coming back, he can't really lose. So you've actually got a, 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 you know, a match at NXT where you're going, I'm actually not sure who's going to win this. And I think that's exactly. the whole point, isn't it? <laughs> you know, in like a weird way.
1: Right. That's what we need more of in like pro wrestling in general. You need more matches where it's like, man, who's going to win this? I love it when uh, those rare times throughout history where it's been more than one person, three or four guys around a certain title, and you're like, I don't know who can win this. Let's do it like a fatal four. Whereas so I'm not saying they need to do that now, but I'm just saying those are the most compelling yeah, yeah. wrestling times, in my opinion, when multiple people have a chance.
0: I think without a doubt. And we talk about multiple people trying to win a championship and move on to match four. And, of course, it's the North American championship. Um, this, how did we get here? Well, Gagano defeated Priest at Havoc, thanks to Ghostface to win, of course, the North American title. I need to lose on Ruff, thanks to Priest's interference. The belt didn't even fit around Ruffy's waist. I loved that shot on the top of the entranceway when he won the title and he went to put the belt on. It just slid all the way down. I think it's so, so funny as well. Um, of course, Daniel Priest and Johnny Garno be fighting for weeks and both want to be champ again. Ruff just wanted to prove he belonged. To do so, he would have to defeat Priest and Garno in a triple threat match. Um, I was going to say, what's the future look for Ruff? Prediction wise, on this, actually, Leon Ruff, and I know you went priest. What were your reasons to go in priest in this triple threat match?
1: Uh, I honestly uh, did not have a good reason to go for anyone other than uh, priest because I didn't see, I definitely didn't see Ruff uh, retaining for some of uh, our I just didn't see that. I knew that. I thought. That he did, uh, I thought he accomplished whatever. I, and then again, I, I I will point out that I don't know what they were uh, going to what they were trying to accomplish with Leon's champion. All even though I enjoyed the run and I I think he he's great. Uh, I just honestly, I I'm just gonna have to be honest with you. It was honestly just a biased. <laughs> I thought it was, it was a biased storyline. <laughs> wise, I didn't think he would get it back, other than the fact that. They didn't want him to beat Johnny clean, but he's done that before. So why wouldn't they do it that way? So I was like, ah, yeah, I'm just going with Damien because I wanted to win. So I had no good prediction. The reason why I went for that.
0: Prediction. My thing is for going for rough was like, like I said, what would happen to him afterwards? My worry was he'd lose the title and then kind of be forgotten about and go to the back of the line again, at least with this you can maybe build the storyline up a little bit, but as things played out, it kind of made sense overall. Um, we see let's get on to the action. The priest got taken out by Johnny, but Ruff uses speed and agility advantage early to evade them and fend off Gagano. Using every rope, I, I've watched a lot of wrestling and I am sure, you know, we, we both have. I can't remember a guy being able to use the top, middle, bottom, and then crawl under and make it look so effortlessly as what Leah Ruff does.
1: When he does that, it's, 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 the, it's like it's, – and it's just a small part of of, of most of his matches. Because I remember when he was uh, – when he first fought Johnny Gargano the first time and he did it in that match. And I was just like, he does that so – it's it's too easy. It's too easy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand how he makes that look so easy. So, yeah, it's, it's insane how, how he does it. He's just walking each rope. <laughs> it's just, down. you
0: know, I uh, know. Backwards sometimes.
1: How's this he doing? crazy.
0: I don't know. Uh, well, Priest tossed Ruff aside and pummeled Gagano. The champion answered with a missile dropkick and earned a Priest. He set up for a choke slam on Ruff, but Gagano broke it up and then joined the champion in ridding the ring of Priest. A slingshot spear down Ruff. Uh, that was quite a nice sequence. They were double-teaming each other. Uh, they were double-teaming Priest and, you know, Gagano saying to Ruff, right, run run, and dive and then hits him with a spear because again it's showing the experience of, of Johnny Gagano and I feel one of my problems with him as a heel he wasn't settling in and now I think we're getting a more heel com- more comfortable Johnny Gagano if you know what I mean
1: exactly I think it took a little time for him to settle like you said and uh, it, it sometimes it, it does that you have to figure out what type of in, like, a heel you want to be and what can you do and I think now he's mastered it all the way down to his move selection to just being absolutely annoying, constantly throughout the match verbally, like I, I, I think he's he's definitely mastering his role now, uh, as you know. This, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just he thinks he's the he's the, obviously the best, so it's like it's an ego ego trip. But at the same time, he thinks he's right. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's great. It's it just, great. It's just really, really working.
0: working. And especially, like, the balancing uh, with the kind of Priest character. And what we saw with Priest, he was getting frustrated in the match with Ruff. And he, he's kind of treating him like a kid, wasn't he? Saying, um, you know, just leave me alone. Get out of it. Get out of it. And he finally lost it and hit a razor's edge um, through the guardrail. And I think Priest sold. There were some looks of Priest. Um, and I'm looking at him and going, he just... It's a star, you know, and, and when he did that to Ruff and he was like, oh, what have I done? I think the thing they missed a little bit was Gagano because Gagano had actually moved out of the way of that move. So if you'd have maybe seen it from a different angle, it looked like, you know, Priest was throwing him into Gagano as opposed to just trying to kill him. And also Gagano kind of smirking behind Priest and saying, look, that's what I've made you do. And I think as a storytelling with the rivalry, I think it worked really well,
1: you know. Exactly. It, it, it. That was a night a cool thing. I love I love how uh, like you said, Priest tried his best. Like he I don't I'm not here for you. I'm trying to be Johnny, you know, just get out of the way. You know, I understand that. And then you know, he kind of I did think it, it was an extreme way to get mad, like man, you <laughs> I understand you fed up, but raise his edge through the <laughs> through the barricade. Wow. But yeah, I do think uh the the angle and uh, like you said the the other underlying story there uh made it just that s- much sweeter. You know, it was just so it was so like I said, I was looking forward to this match because of that story and I think uh the underlying story they they hit it right on the mark here with the with spots like that.
0: I feel about like that. And then the trainers helped Ruff out the arena, leaving familiar foes to battle for the goal. And of course they resumed their rivalry, their chemistry and their back and forth. It is just great now, isn't it? It's just fun to watch.
1: Oh yeah, they're they're completely comfortable with each other. I think this is they have sit and gave gotten into that mode now the where it's almost sick nature, you know, how to work with each other. And I think we've it's kind of been cool to watch it, you know, match by match almost. And that chemistry just get better and better as each match has uh, has went by. Uh, also, I want to point out uh, Leon. They did a good job win, of win Leon in the match of not necessarily making him look like a, of the biggest threat, but he definitely did not feel like a joke. And I was worried. I was worried that he wasn't going to get much of any offense in or anything in, and he he definitely impressed me, and I was happy with uh, with that showcase. Uh, you know back, just jumping back to
0: Leon Ruff. No, no, no. I think that's an excellent point because we're going to go right there because when he went to the back and you're thinking, oh, no, they're going to... Don't get me wrong. I love watching Priest and Gagano, but they're kind of writing them out and at least two decide. And then when he came back and he did his best Ric Flair impersonation, you know, and then he you, dived off Priest and wiped out both men with a tightrope splash and I was going, you know what? He's actually in this match and he's, he's being competitive. Hit the springboard, twisting cut to Gagano, only gets two. And then the culminated several near falls. For Priest turn, that just stood between him and Gagano. He flattered the champion with Big boot, and then delivered a double flatliner on him and Gagano, which again, just looked awesome power as
1: well, didn't it? You know? Oh, exactly. Uh, I agree. The, the, uh, the way they do like certain spots, it was just, it was unbelievable the impact of that move. Uh, I, 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 like I said, you just, sometimes you just get there and you watch it and you just turn back into that little kid again and, that was one of those moments where again you're just like, oh my God, this is what this is, the, this is where they're on. and like this is the type of energy they have.
0: <laughs> I think how we see Gagano recovering and sending Priest to the turnbuckle. Rough nearly won the same pin that got him the North Bank Again, it's the story in that match that is kind of telling us. And then we see Priest tied in the bottom ropes. Uh, Gagano applied the Gagano escape. And Priest was looking on kind of helpless, but he managed to free himself, break up submission, and rock Gagano. And then, as the action broke down, I was loving this matchup, and then just the ending was a little bit you know as the action broke down, an army of oh. ghost faced glad uh, clad attackers jumped priest he fought back I was on both sides of the ring and caught Gagana with a chokesome on the ring apron. rough came out of nowhere a big splash, but priest now broke up the pin, um, but before we get on the, the closing sequence, like i say we they loved that bit when um, priest has done his job on Gagano throws him in and kind of forgets about Ruff and then Ruff is just so close to taking advantage again it's a good story what were your thoughts when you first saw the ghost face people arriving
1: I had the same thought that you had I literally before that moment was about to say okay the triple threat is living up to my height, it might get five stars because they were doing a lot. And like I said, I was so impressed with the involvement of Leon Ruff because even though I was looking forward to this match, I honestly didn't think that they would, like you said, focus on him as much or at least tease that he was going to win as much as they did. Like, I knew that he would be involved and maybe they'll do a hope spot towards the end or he'll mess around and win it back towards the end in some type of, you know, silly way. But no, they, he was taken seriously in this match and I really love seeing that. And it kind of took the wind out of me when I saw the, the, uh, you know, the ghost face and uh, how they were doing. It was just like, Oh, okay. So here we go with this again. And I just, I honestly did not like that. I really wish, that we found the de- found the definitive winner, even if it was still going to end up the result that we had that we got. I really wish that we could have got it without the interference.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of takeaway, especially when it's a takeover, and you you kind of we consider takeover matches a little bit more special than the kind of normal NXT shows. If you know, what I mean, if this had happened on like a, the Havoc, we wouldn't have had a problem. But because it's a takeover, you're thinking, oh, maybe you shouldn't. And then it looks like Priest. I mean, Priest killed the Ghostface people at ringside. There's no doubt he took them both out. He got both groups. And then just when it looked like he was going to get Gagano, one more Ghostface with a lead part uh, Priest. Uh, then he rolled out the ring. Rough try- tried to get Gagano, but Gagano rolled through, delivered a super kick and finished him with one final beat to win the title, which Johnny free time. Um, and after the match, the lead Ghostface revealed himself to be Austin Theory. And the best bit about the whole Ooh. ghost face coming out was, it was me, Austin. It was me,
1: along. That was the best <laughs> reference. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the yeah, match? That was, I agree. That was the only good thing about it, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> the only good thing about it was uh, the reference. But, yes, uh, I, again, I would, I'll would. i give the, the in-ring work of the fellas – an entire like I give them i give them 5 stars like the match even even the spots like you said punishment taking out all of the the ghost face fine but the finish it gets a uh, it gets a minus 1 so it takes away the fifth star so it's down to four stars is where I break this match just because of one finish I really will if you give me a bad finish of a match because the finish is like what well, if not the most important part it is essential to get right at least at least let me come away with it being right, and I don't mind Gorgano being the champion. Trust me, he's great three times as a nice accomplishment. and I think he's good as the champion. But now, I beg the question why did he lose to Leon? Was that was this whole entire storyline just to give us a unique little mini story in this feud, or was, was this just to shock us on a Wednesday night? Like, what you know, why did they do that? One, and then two, you know, like I said, every time, anytime you have a champion lose the belt the way he lost it, and then he gets it back. Like that, it always going to be the question of why he lost the belt in the first. So oh, yeah. I, I have that one, and uh, and uh, honestly, I as far as this now, this this Ghostface thing, and I'm pretty sure we can connect Austin awesome Theory to Halloween Havoc now. What is his reasoning for doing for uh, targeting uh, Damian Priest is another angle now that I, I that I guess I am now interested in and I want to understand. But other than that, the match was great. You know, uh, that I just do not like the screwy finish, and I agree. On, on a regular NXT, yes. On a maybe, Like you said, even uh, a Halloween Havoc on Wednesday, yes. But uh, for a takeover, for them not to give us a definitive finish and uh, for them to choose to do it that way, I, I, I don't like it.
0: No, I, I think you're right. And it's exactly the same thing with me. Is that, you know, you're looking at it and you're going, at the moment, this is getting four and a half. You know, this is a really good match. As soon as they come in, you're going, okay, it's dropped down to a four now, no matter what happens. And like you said, in the context of the story, it makes sense because of what we've seen. But I think this needs to be the end of Ghost Faces now. And I think, like you said, it's a continuation of Priest versus Gagano, which probably isn't a bad thing. But I think Priest needs the kind of, you know, like we had earlier with the the Grimes and Loomis match, the definitive victory and kind of move on, you know.
1: Exactly, exactly. And if you want Gargano to, to finish with the belt, he still can. You know, they can do that. But still, a definitive finish because now with the with this finish, now we know at least Damian Priest is going to be doing this, maybe through another takeover. But at least to their next special that they try that they try to plan because it's it's still unfinished now. That uh, that we know who you know the unmasked guy is, and now that Johnny Gargano is in this situation, so I, I want to see what they do to wrap this up. But yeah, I agree that finish took away from a uh, from a really good match, really really uh, good match. Yeah,
0: uh, I think I would agree with that. And like I said, with prediction wise as well, uh, you went pre solid with rough. We didn't get it. Uh, it's two all. Poll wise, rough fifty percent. And like I said, the next NXT. It's gonna be January sixth, and it's gonna be NXT New Year Evil. I don't. Woo, I I mean, does that does that? I mean, it's good that we're getting another special, but does that name do anything for you? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> New Year Evil. I'm like, oh, okay.
1: New Year Evil. Oh <laughs> uh, no, uh, honestly, I don't know. I, I don't know. To be, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. After after uh this is this has nothing to do with NXT, but after they named the pay-per-view in the past Great Balls of Fire, I honestly don't know if you can get any worse than that. So I even although I have no clue what they what they're going for with the NXT Evil or the New Year Evil or whatever they're going for there, I have no clue. Uh but you know, uh, <laughs> uh no, yeah, I, I honestly have nothing to tell you. <laughs> no, I have <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, does it? It, it, doesn't. it doesn't make no sense at all. I thought I had something to uh, <laughs> to tie that home, but I don't. No. no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well, anyway, we move on to our main event, and of course, it's undisputed era versus. I'm going to call them Pat's group. Um, should the undisputed era? We've asked this question a lot with Gagano and Champa. Should the undisputed era still be in NXT at this point?
1: Uh, see, again, I'm gonna uh, say it. I'm gonna. Uh, not not gonna say exactly what I said uh, about Gorgano and uh, Ciampa, but I do think it kind of all applies. So yes, they they can be a great faction uh, anywhere, SmackDown Raw, wherever you want to put them. Do you trust the main roster to to treat the undisputed era the way they've been treated so far in NXT? I think we all can agree that that's probably a no. So with that being said, I think for just so so they can stay the characters that we know and love, they should all stay in NXT. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But if you want Adam Cole to go to the main roster and possibly prosper and become a champion himself in the Undisputed Era to end up separated and they all do their own things, then I think you're more likely to get that action if they were to go to the main roster. But them sticking together and being the Undisputed Era, I think the only way they can be what they are now is if they stay in NXT. Yeah,
0: and the whole thing with what they've been doing recently with O'Reilly as well is kind of, it makes you think there's going to be, you know, a third or fourth act, so to speak, to Undisputed Era, which maybe they will not and they won't get treated well, will they? Uh, how did we get here? Well, Pat McAfee led his team uh, with Pete Dunne, NXT Tag Team Champions, Danny Burch and A. Locking into battle against the Undisputed Eras, Of course, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong. Uh, Pat has cost the Undisputed Era the Tag Team Titles and, of course, we've been feuding with Adam Koch at uh, TakeOver 30. And he has vowed to end the Undisputed Era for good. But one thing about the Tag Team Titles, because of the five TakeOver specials NXT has had in 2020, the NXT Tag Team championships has only been defended on one of them. And, of course, it's not going to happen again today.
1: Is there a problem with the Tag Team division in NXT? Is it the elephant in the room, so to speak? I think it's one of those things that I don't see. I don't necessarily see a lot of people comment on it as much as maybe they should, but yeah, I think that's one of those things that um, I, don't, I don't necessarily see a lot of people talk about, but I think it's the truth. Their tag division is seriously lacking and we really notice it now. I don't know if it's all due to just, you know, you know, the you know, pandemic situation or, you know, people they've let go or, you know, main roster coming in and sweeping up potential tag team talent. I don't know exactly why, but their tag team division has not been deep for a while. I was very excited to see the Grizzly Young Veterans make a debut uh, for NXT television because that's just how, I mean, I think they really needed a new team to showcase. (laughs) That's how depleted they are because everyone is fighting Ever-Rise or or Brazongo. Uh, You know, uh, that's it. Like, they really don't really have the deepest tag division at all. But to be fair, this is a WWE wide problem that th- their entire tag division on each, you know, if you want to go SmackDown, raw NXT, it's been lacking for a little while now. And, you know, and I think the pandemic has only made that problem worse. If you see what I mean. I, I think you're right,
0: and I think NXT Tag Team Division, it's been, you know, a couple of years, they've not really sorted it out, and I think, you know, it filters down from the main roster when you think about all the great tag teams, you know, the rival American Alpha that we had, going, with all villains, you know, going up and, and not being used right, but I also feel like if it was AEW, you know, the, the shit they're getting for the, the women's division, and yeah, they're not probably doing what's right there, but... You know, if it was a tag team division, there I think a lot more people would be moaning and, and talking about it than they do in NXT, and I, I think that's you know,
1: that's true. I I agree. I, for some reason, uh, NXT kind of gets a pass on that, and maybe it's because of the strength of their women's division and single division, but they don't necessarily deserve it. Because if that's the case, you can give that same pass to AEW for the strength of their tag division and single division, and the fact and just admit that they need to work on the women's division. I think. That's the same thing that needs to have, I think both sides, like they both have areas they need to work on. Uh, but I agree. I think one side gets unfairly critiqued while the other kind of gets that ignored. And I'm not sure why, but I agree for years now, they have been lacking in that department and, you know, a select few teams make it through, you know, you see a street profits every now and then, even though we don't know where they end up, you, you know, I, for example, I mean, just think about it, just, in the last – since this last recent draft, people like Heavy Machinery and some of these other teams that just used to be NXT tag teams, but they're split up that fast. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Maybe that's part of why Triple H is not eager to build new homegrown teams just yet because they're, they, they fall they, – their demise is so quick on the main, main roster consistently. On.
0: Well, this is the thing that's definitely going to have to be looked at, I think, uh, next year when it comes to the tag team division. But again, this is probably Lorcan and the Birch's biggest match of their careers, you know. And um, we see a promo with the War Pigs, a c d c song War Pigs. I think that's quite cool. Uh, the Undisputed Era are the horsemen of NXT, and I think it goes to show, and I think they even mentioned the commentary, you know, the War Games match was created Full of horsemen back in the day, and they brought it back from Undisputed Era. And they've been in the, well, they've been in every single War Games match since they brought it back. Um, how big of an impact do you think Undisputed Era have had, uh, in NXT? Because personally, for me, I feel if with them, they've built NXT to the third brand that it is today, you
1: know. I agree, I think that's when uh, a lot of the things that we know, I think, without the Undisputed Era, without Adam Cole, and uh, you know, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish joining together the way they did and the impact that they made. I don't think they would be on USA Network. I don't think uh, they would be on, you know, televised every week. I don't think they would be uh, – at least, you know, it would be still a network situation most likely. Like a lot of things has changed just because of how, uh, what they were able to bring. in. as far as uh, I, the War Games thing goes, it's like that just shows you right there. Something that I think that WWE has been complained, complained about a, for a, a while now, especially kind of in the 20-teens, is their lack of uh, factions and the development in factions. And I think this is by far, the Undisputed Era has probably been the best faction, That not only just by the way they've been booked, but in their accomplishments and all of that together, they've been the best faction, you know, Possibly, and, you know. I think a lot. The Shield get a lot of credit, deservedly so. I think as far as the w as far as n w w e, but like you can't tell me like uh, undisputed era versus the Shield. You know, I don't think I don't know. Like, where do you go wrong there? Like, you can't go wrong with either choice, as far as fact. And that's how that's the status that I think the era has, uh, you know, claimed uh, since their run in NXT has begun. So they are very, very essential and important to what NXT means. They're just as important as Gorgano and Champa.
0: But well, this is the thing, and this is who they've kept. And, you know, if you look at the the, the Undisputed Era, uh, Champa Gagana, how many takeover matches they've had in the past, you know, in, what is it now, four or five years. It's incredible, and it's kind of consistency yeah. there that's kind of kept it. Uh, we talk about that with Undisputed Era in the main event. Was Pat's team, don't get me wrong, I love Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn is is one of the toughest guys that I've ever seen, and I've never been bored with a dumb match. Of course, Lorcan and i have followed for quite a while. But are they a a legitimate threat uh, for the undisputed era?
1: Uh, I think – I don't necessarily think they are. I think Pete Dunn's – not only does his new look help it, but also just his presence and everything about him. I can't ever count out anything he's involved with. I can't ever count them out if he's involved. He's on the team, I can't count out. And I think that was showcased in this match. Pete Dunne consistently, whether it was with Kyle O'Reilly, whether it was with Roger Strong, later on with Adam Cole, he was consistently the guy that you saw imposing his will, you know, his joint manipulation, consistently causing pain. He was the biggest threat to the error the entire match. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, having someone who's not specialized like Pat McAfee in there or someone, someone who's not – you don't consider a threat like you consider the undisputed error, of course, that's going to put them at a disadvantage, and I think that's true. But I believe Pete Dunn almost made up for it with just like and just watch the match back. He did the most damage consistently. You know, you know. Later on, when Birch and Lorcan joined, you know, they they all did some teamwork. But and you know, of course, McAfee contributed. But Pete Dunn consistently, he was my MVP of this uh, war game match. He think, caused that much.
0: Uh... Uh, well, let's get to the action. Then we say O'Reilly and Dunn started for the respective teams. Dunn has defeated the unspeakable era. In war games before, he looked to establish map dominance while reversing counting, grappling for the advantage. Dunn rocked O'Reilly with a stiff kick to the back and then tried to manipulate the joints of his opponent. The Bruce weight brought O'Reilly down into an arm breaker, but O'Reilly countered into a hill hook. This was really enjoyable to watch. And then Lorcan entered the match for the hills to possessed the man advantage. Lorcan and Dunn pushed O'Reilly until Fish entered for the unsputed era, even for the next three
1: minutes. Is Bobby Fish the forgotten man in the unsputed era? I, I think, unfortunately, he's in that role of being kind of overshadowed, mostly because of his role uh, in the team. Uh, you know, you, Adam Cole, obviously, lead man, you know, former world champion. I mean, uh, you know, uh, one of the, I think the longest reign in NXT history. You have Kyle O'Reilly, who they're now starting to focus on. He's always kind of known as probably the, the most dangerous out of them two when they were teaming together. And then we all know what Roderick has accomplished on his own. So I think just based on maybe if you don't know his history prior to WWE, based on his presentation in WWE, yes, Bobby Fish is obviously the forgotten man. He's the guy who, who don't get enough credit for, you know, being as good as he actually is. But I do think he completes the group. He makes them whole, and that's the reason why they have been such a great dominant four-man group. He is needed.
0: Yeah, I don't think anybody should sleep on Bobby Fish. And uh, the young people didn't managed to double team for the first time until Birch again turned the tide in favour of Team McAfee, completely with a cricket bat that uh, he blasted across the back of O'Reilly. Uh, Birch tapped out to a submission, but the match had not started. And I, I quite like that about it as well. Uh, and then uh, O'Reilly getting hit in the back of the cricket bat. And I actually went, Oh, he hit him for six. And then Barron was going, We're so English. You know, <laughs> Uh, strong entered next to the unspeakable era, exploded into the ring and taking the fight to anyone in his path. Him running and hitting all three uh, guys where all caught in between the ring and he's going and hitting the combinations. I thought that was really, really fun. But then Pat's team took over. Uh, only Lawkins chops. I don't know what he was doing in this matchup, but it was kind but of, he's learned a new way to chop because he was going like, whew,
1: in the guy as hard as he possibly could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Not only do I love his Twitter, but, man, all the Lord can can, can do no wrong for me, man. He's just that good. Uh,
0: McAfee then entered as a fourth and final
1: member of his team
0: and loaded the ring with weapon after weapon, including tables and chairs. And each table had a member of the opposition's name on it with hopes of driving them through. And what I thought is that Pat McAfee is a top athlete, but taking four tables out from under a ring, he got died.
1: I did did notice that. (laughs) I agree. Uh, He... He impressed me in a lot of ways in this match. I do want to know who the idea it was to put the names where they did, it. and so it's upside down. So I'm struggling trying to read the names yeah. that they put on the table. I do want to point that out. Thanks a lot, guys.
0: Well, he's, he's you know he pulls it out and he goes, "This one's for Eloc. Oh no, sorry, Cole. That's no, that, that's the one, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> And then uh, Wade Barrett says he, can, he combines the athleticism of Seth Rollins and the hateability of The Miz. I think that's fair enough. That's um, fair. Yeah, fair. We see a moon salty strong through a table, which was impressive by McAfee. And then Adam Cole explodes into the match, neutralising opponents with a fire extinguisher. And then down in each of the tag team champions, he fired off rights and lefts at Dunn and then countered bitter end with a DDT. And after a cheap shot from McAfee, allowing the hills to down Cole. Riley sucking the form of Indianapolis Cole into a trap that included the beatdown at Cole's hands and then his. And then when the hills and the grasp of fish are riding strong, Cole reversed a figure four McAfee. The hills only broke up, but what a switch that was. Because at that point in time you're going, Pat McAfee's not gonna put a figure four and make Cole submit, is he? And then when they changed it, I don't think Undisputed uh, uh, of all the matches I've seen him, I don't think anybody does it better when you think it's gonna be a false finish. And then they just change it right at the last second.
1: I agree. Uh, I was definitely surprised by it. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, it, I was just happy that, to be honest, at that moment, I was just happy that that's that, that they chose to do with Kyle. You know, I I figured it would finish. Uh, I, honestly, earlier the false finish with Adam Cole, I thought was a. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Like uh, Pat McAfee, really, really <laughs> look like he definitely don't look like just some regular, uh, you know, athlete coming into it. Like they really put him over, you know, kicking out of the of uh, the Panama Sunrise and all of that. Yeah, know, right so. Well, we we'll get on that in a second because Cole and
0: Dunn then showcase the sort of chemistry that made their match at last year's Five Series so special. The moments like when a powerbomb from the Olympic Era failed to drive Dunn. And Birch through a table. Strong just jumped off the top rope and put them both through forcibly. Cole shoved McAfee off the top rope and threw another table. This bump was, you can see McAfee's dived off the top, but he went back of head into yeah. the table. It wasn't comfortable, was it?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's one of those, it's just, I swear, it's, it's, it's almost guaranteed. Now, maybe I'm starting to get there with NXT. It's always those, one of those bumps where it's just like, oh my God like that that is why they pay what they get paid What they get paid like it is insane some of the things that they are allowed to uh, walk and then you just see them walk away from it you know after the match but you know man that takes some that's gonna take that takes some time off the uh the good old you know retirement you know it's gonna take some years off off that off the career you know bumps like that it really it really does and and like you say, you just make that ugly face when you watch it, you <laughs> yeah, know? <laughs> it is. It is the kind of,
0: whoa, fuck. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, it, it's bad. And then uh, we see Lork and a Birch sandwiched between the ropes and the and The Unspeeched Era cat the uh, attack. This looked great. They looked like a proper, you know, they are a real team because they, they took each of them out with, like, the kind of four combined stuff. Uh, it looked brilliant. And then they teed off a McAfee, but the other three Hills regrouped and brought the fight to the baby faces. The action broke down. Each competitor taking the other down in a crash of action. The last all eight men battered and broken, and with a brawl breaking out, McAfee delivered a swanton bomb from the top of the cage that wiped everyone
1: out. It was a good bump, but it was nearly exactly the one. It, yeah, it's true. It's true. It was really good. Uh, I, I honestly, they almost parted the sea for him. Almost <laughs> like he, he almost went a little bit. You know, almost a little tough. But it's still nice, especially when, uh, you know, you think about who he is and how inexperienced he is. To be fearless enough to do that, <laughs> man, cat's off the pack.
0: Yeah, yeah, without, without a doubt, you know. see afterwards he was a little bit winded. Uh, but nearing 45 minutes of competition, Orion and Dunn came to blows in the center of the ring. Dunn delivered a bitter end for two. And only two men have ever kicked out of the bitter end. And that's what I was really surprised with. I was like, oh, fucking hell, he doesn't like that. And um, Riley delivered a, Yeah, honestly, like with that point, you're going, well, you know, and again, like I said, with the false finishes and what, how they're doing it, it worked throughout the whole match. Riley delivered a suplex onto the steel connector between the rings. Again, it looked like it was the end. And then McAfee knocked the rider at the top rope with steel chair to the leg. Cole attempted a steel chair shot, but McAfee delivered a low blow. He tried for the pump, but Cole rocked him with a bicycle kick. McAfee tried for a Panama Sunrise, but Cole caught him with a super kick. And then he hit his finisher. And like I said, the, the, the look on Cole's face when McAfee got the shoulder up at two after the, um, the Panama Sunrise was, was brilliant. Because Cole, you can actually see him going, but I I've,
1: I've beat people and that's Pat McAfee. How did he get the shoulder up?
0: You know, I thought that was brilliant.
1: Is the perfect reaction to it because, again, he's not someone who's been doing this a long time. And, you know, he's not someone who's known uh, for independent wrestling or anything like that. So he's just a guy who punted in the NFL, uh, American League over here, and and surprised – I don't know. I, I don't see how anyone is just not so surprised. Between this and the one-on-one match with Adam earlier, I mean, like, like again, just hats off and kicking out – I was just so shocked. There's no way. I was like, no way they're gonna let him kick out of that. I, I actually was just ready. I thought the match was over. I thought the pay-per-view was done. It- it was after that, and it-, it wasn't, it was a legit uh false finish. Very perfect. It was perfectly done. Yeah, I put You're that back, I'm not man. I don't want to compare it. I- I'm sorry, I don't I, I don't want to compare it to like the to one of my favorite for false finishes ever, which is you know, WrestleMania 25 with Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. But that's what I—that's the type of shock it was because I just wasn't expecting it.
0: Yeah, no, I think without a doubt. And you can see it, the cog's working in his mind as well. He then went for the last shot but mix, which sparked another breakdown action. It was a crazy closing sequence that I can't do it justice talking about. But we see a better end on the chair <laughs> that Pete Dunne gives to uh, <laughs> Adam Cut, You're going, man, like, come on. So you're going to really, you know. It's... It looks so painful honestly oh, horrible so and then um just before that when we end, it looks like it's going to end but i Riley delivered a knee into a steel chair driving into the face of Larkin for the wit- mm. uh, for the victory um my god what a match what are your thoughts on this one
1: i honestly at, at, i honestly didn't know what to do i really just at first as the match went on at first i was like okay so it's like, i think the girls are going to have this they have they they've given me the best you know, War Games match of the night, I don't think there's anything that the guys can do. And it's just as they went on and as it just continued, and then you got to the false finishes and it just, they kept going. The only thing, and this is the only reason why I leave my rating at four and a quarter, is because I honestly didn't think at one point, even with those close false finishes, I was surprised, very, very shocked. But although I never at one point thought uh, McAfee and, the, and, and Dunn would win. And their team. I just didn't think their team would beat the error at all, and that and I don't think that's any fault of any guy, anybody in the ring. They did all they could, in my opinion, to invest you into this and make you think the error had a chance of losing. But uh, no, I just that may be the only thing, and I don't know if that's their fault or if that's booking. But it was just hard for me to believe the error would lose this match against of the team, no matter how much money it took to put that team together I think the problem is for that, it's not
0: just the fact of like, you know, if it was a case of them just having a match, I think that's why prediction wise, you know, for team we both went team Pat, that would make sense, but when they're hammering home like, they want to end the Undisputed Era, you're going, well the Undisputed Era is never going to end now,
1: is it? You know, like that didn't make sense and if they do, it wouldn't be at the hands of someone else, you know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um,
0: but I mean, this was excellent physical, and it deserved the main event. And like you said, I'm watching. It can't be better than the women's match, and I think the women's match might have had a bit. Well, the EO spot for me, I think, steals the night. But I think this match is slightly better because it's like you said. It's Pete Dunne was just go to and like in Pat's team like Danny Birch is a veteran, he's been doing it for years and years. Lorkin's a crazy, you know, we we, we know Larkin as well. But Dunn was the guy kind of the gel that was kind of, or the glue sorry that was holding everything together. They just could have their match and Dunn was like, right, this is what we're doing. And O'Reilly getting a victory again, you're building another star, aren't you? You know?
1: Exactly. I really love what they've been doing with Kyle O'Reilly. And Whatever they have going on for him, whether it's a big singles run or, you know, I've seen, of course, we've all, I'm pretty sure everyone has seen the theories of, you know, Adam Cole and him, you know, maybe not getting along in the future and maybe something like that, breaking up the group. Who knows? But whatever it is, we all know that, you know, they see what they have something with Kyle O'Reilly and I hope they just keep riding it. I think. He uh, is also just kind of like we talked about with Fish, someone who kind of gets uh, kind of get overlooked because he was in a tag team, but he has everything, in my opinion, it takes to also be a star. So I love them letting him get the victory, and uh, you know, and I also love how storyline wise Adam Cole is kind of moved aside. You know, usually he's he's in the you know he's definitely the leader, and you know, so far. You know, since Kyle O'Reilly has kind of taken the, the front seat, he has kind of moved aside and allowed him. And I, I, I like that dynamic, and I think it'll be even better when that inevitably crashes down. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I, I think I think without a doubt, I think it's the storytelling NXT are doing, even throughout the card, you know, and, and there might be in negatives, you know, with, with certain aspects like tag team division or, you know, not having the, the women's top on the line, but... I think when you look at overall uh, prediction, wise flat it. Like both went pats, so and the final scores for prediction was two all. What was your score for the main event in the end out of five?
1: Again, uh, I I would give it a, a four and uh, four point two. So again, I liked it. it was, uh, like the only thing I take away, and sometimes it can do that for me, is when I feel like I know what side is going to win, uh, no fault of the men involved. I think they all killed it. I, I just I love everyone's dynamic in this match. Pat impressed me. And I think, like you said, like we both covered here, Pete Dunn definitely deserves the MVP for that match. Uh, but I, I take away maybe a little bit – maybe I'm being a little harsh. Maybe maybe I should go up to 4-5. But I'm taking away from it just because I kind of had a feeling there was no way to error. with
0: now No, I think that and out wise people thought uh, Pat uh, with Team Pat would get victory 52% there. Uh, and this is the thing, we talk about match, who was your MVP of the night? Because uh, uh, for me, it's obviously EO's dive off the, with the trash can, which I've just what, I've probably watched about 20 times since it's happened. Um, <laughs> Pete Dunn, obviously, in the main event, and credit to Pat McAfee, I think. I mean, out of those three, if I had to choose, I'd probably pick, uh, I don't want to say it, Pat McAfee. Because I know what EA can do, I know what Dunn can do, and Pat just keeps impressing me and I shouldn't like him. So you M V P who's yours?
1: Oh, uh, I think that's a really good pick. I'm gonna go with uh, back with my uh, with, with Raquel because I was I think her emerging not only in this match, uh, can set up the women's division uh, with very nice, interesting – I think they're going to – they're setting up them now with interesting places to go from here, but also interesting places they can go in the future. Maybe that battle of the Titans between Rhea and Raquel that we saw, uh, you know, at, at uh, you know, Halloween Havoc, maybe that can turn into a title match somewhere down the line. Who knows? So I'm giving Raquel uh, Gonzalez and the future of the women's division, uh, I'm giving that my MVP. <laughs> I think without a doubt uh, Match of the night
0: um, I think it's fair Both of us uh, The the women's war games I think just outshone the men's I don't think outshone's the right word But I think the women's match
1: Overall is the match of the night I think that would be fair to say Wouldn't it? I agree 100% I think I wouldn't say again They outshine. I think they both uh, Did a great job But I think it's the moments From The women's war games Will be more memorable Than maybe the moments from, uh, you know, the men's war. And again, I think they both did great jobs. But, yeah, I think that's why I would pick the limits over. the I
0: think about that. And finally, what is your rating out of 10 for the entire event?
1: Uh, to be fr- uh, honest, I'm going to give this uh, pay-per-view a 9 out of 10. Uh, probably as close to a perfect takeover as you can get. I wouldn't say it... It belongs maybe in the top echelon of takeovers, you know, you know. Maybe it's a couple more classic matches on some other cards, but I think it settles right in, you know, right, right in the in the middle, like as as a very great takeover. But I wouldn't consider it like one of the best of all time. It was a really, really good. I think I'm gonna go with a nine. I think that's
0: oh, I'm gonna give it nine a quarter because, like I said, uh, none, none of these matches tonight on Takeover. Uh, went under a four. And I think when you've got that level of consistency, yes, we didn't get tag team titles online or women's title. Maybe we didn't need two war games matches, but I think the effort put in by everybody on the cards, I think delivered, you know, and, and we talk about we've got a new North America champion, we've got a new challenger now for Yoshi. We know also coming back even though they didn't have to do it on a takeover. And and obviously undisputed Era and Carter Riley are definitely here to stay for now.
1: So I think all in all, again, I think NXT hit it out of the park with war games, don't you? Again, yes, I agree. I think this is another takeover that they have, uh, you know, accomplished their goal and uh, definitely left me entertained. Uh, I, I, that's one thing I will say. I think overall, the NXT has some of the best selection of like you know, pay-per-views or you know specials, or whatever you want to call them, their takeovers can stand up against almost anybody's, uh, you know, assortion of cards. Like those are some of the best cards that WWE has ever produced, and I think it's kind of cool that it all comes from, you know, that the brand of NXT. And I think this is this goes right, this adds right to that legacy perfectly.
0: Yeah, I think without a doubt, I, I think that is it. For NXT War Games, I mean, it was like I said, a fantastic show. Um, quick question: uh, Would you want to join me in about three weeks' time to do the NXT end-of-year awards?
1: Oh yes, sir. Let's do it. No problem. Just let me know. I would not have a problem with doing it.
0: And then about two weeks after that, we'll have the NXT New Year Evil as well. <laughs> so happy. <that'll> be... <laughs>
1: Such a great day. I just can't oh, wait for
0: that. Oh, I, I, don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you and me are going to mock that at all when we go to review it then. Um, so that is it. So that will be... So that's it coming up then. Like I said, in three weeks, it'll be the NXT WR Awards where we look back at match of the year, you know, takeover and all this kind of stuff. And in the beginning of the year, like I said, Monty will kindly be back and we'll do NXT New Year Evil. Uh, but that is it for today. Our follower is Aaron Wilson. At WWE on Twitter, and of course, we're on Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNRJR. Uh, do you want
1: to plug your stuff quickly? Um, yes, I do. Uh, follow me on the Twitter at Monty Mo Pod, um, Monty and Mo Podcast or the Mind Monty Podcast. Still go by both names, really, as of right now. We do lifestyle music, and uh, now we still talk about NXT and AEW uh, weekly, also uh, on the podcast. So uh, yeah, join us and uh, please give us a follow and you know check out the show whenever you get a chance, guys. I appreciate it.
0: Right now, please check them out. I mean, like I said, you can hear uh, on the, the WNR podcast how good he is and the, the other content is just as good as well. And don't forget the WNR are on Facebook and on Instagram as well. You can send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com. Also, YouTube, where the podcast got the same time. Uh, as they do on YouTube, as they do SoundCloud on your phone, and also Stitcher and iTunes, make it download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode will be AEW, uh, the WR Awards with the Ultimate One. And of course, like I said, Monty will be back in three weeks to do the NXT year end. Uh, but until then, I have been the pleasure to be joined by the Mind of Monty. Thank you very much and I hope you had a good time, man, yeah?
1: I did have a good time, and I thank you Thank you again for another great show. And I can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks.
0: Without a doubt, mate. All right, you take care, and everybody, thanks for listening, everybody, and bye.
1: Adios.